Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wayne, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the ultimate classic rock podcast with a new episode released every single day. I'm Paul Stevenson. Thanks as always for hitting play. Today is January the 7th, and on this day in 1997, David Bowie's 50th birthday bash took place at New York's Madison Square Garden. It was held in the form of a charity concert raising money for Save the Children. Joining him on stage included his friends Lou Reed, Robert Smith, Foo Fighters, and many others who all paid tribute with renditions of Bowie's songs. On this day in 1981, Eagles Live was certified platinum, and on this day the year before, Led Zeppelin's In Through the Outdoor was certified as platinum in the US. It was, of course, the last Led Zeppelin album issued before John Bonham died. Born on this day, we look back in 1959. It was bass player from a band that I love, the Go-Go's, Kathy Valentine. The wonderful Kathy is 64 years old today. And lead singer of The Strobes, Dave Cousins, is also celebrating. He's 78 years old. But for our main show, we're focusing on someone that we sadly lost on this day two years ago. Yes, on this day in 2020, we lost one of the greatest drummers of all time, Rush's Neil Peart. The professor, who also wrote the majority of the band's lyrics, sadly passed away due to aggressive brain cancer, aged just 67. Now to talk more about this legendary figure is two guys who love Neil and Rush, so much that they've seen the band live about a million times, I believe. Good friends of the show from the brilliant Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. Here's The Wolf and Action Jackson. So Jackson, Paul wants us to talk about someone who we have great affection for and camped out together to see in 1992 because mm. we wanted to see the greatest drummer in the world, Neil Peart, live and in action. Correct. Stayed up all night. Definitely an experience talking to the people in line. Did not disappoint. Still, to me, one of the greatest rock shows I've ever seen, both with the anticipation, the music that they played, and the set list was awesome. Yeah, and look, a lot of people would tell us when we were younger, Neil Peart's the greatest drummer in the world, Neil Peart's the greatest drummer. We're like, eh, okay, whatever. You know, They didn't play him much on MTV, so when we were real little, I didn't really know who Rush were. But as I matured, became a teenager, 
not that I was mature as a teenager, but as I grew up a little bit <laughs> and I discovered their music, it was just, wow, how can these three guys be making so much sound? Like, I love the Rolling Stones, but that's five guys sometimes more. And they don't have as much going on sonically as Rush do. And a lot of it has to do with the professor. Neil Peart mm-hmm. himself, a very quiet man, reserved man, not someone who really wanted the spotlight, but someone who had this driving desire to be the best at his craft. And through a lot of hard work, determination, and just intelligence, he really pulled it off. And if you look at all the stuff that they did throughout their careers, of course, the 70s are these prog kind of heavy metal gods with these long, drawn-out tracks. You talk about like a La Vila Strangiato that has all these different time changes and signatures and amazing things going on. Through in the 80s, like, yeah, they went more synth mode, and Neil did start to play with a few different toys, the technology that came along, but it didn't really change his extraordinary ability to pound those things in time that must be down to the millisecond, like a computer couldn't do it much better. And I think that's the big thing with him is that he plays the drums, but he doesn't really play the drums. He's not keeping time for anyone. He's playing his own stuff back there. And you better keep up because he's not there to show you what to do. He's there to play his own part. And when you really carve it up and listen to what he's doing, nobody else can do it like he can. There are people that pay tribute to him, but there's never anybody that's been like him or will be like him ever. And even he sought to be not like him. You know, he had the, what do they call it, the matched grip style that... Buddy Rich, mm-hmm. you know, kind of made famous yeah, or, or, or lionized, right? And then he decided in the 90s, eh, I think I'll change that up. He goes and works with Freddie Grouper, and then he changes his grip. He changes the way he plays everything. He's like, why do you need to change anything? You're already one of the best, if not the best in the world. But it's because he's always seeking. He's always out there trying, you know. He's always reading. The reason he wrote all of Rush's lyrics is because Getty and Alex were like, look at the books he reads. Mm-hmm. Listen to the words he uses. He must be good for to make some lyrics. Let's get him to write for it. You know, and not only did he write most all of Rush's lyrics over the years, but he he wrote some great books, most of them about life on the road. But Mm. he loved to adventure, loved to travel, loved to hit parks, loved to be out on his motorcycle or out on his bicycle. You see footage of him riding from one town to the next on his bicycle or his motorcycle, not in the private jet, not in the back of the bus, but because he wants to see the world. He doesn't want to be a cap and and be, you know, a prisoner in in a gilded cage. He wanted to be out in the world. He didn't love people. I did go meet Rush at a meet and greet. He doesn't do that, but that's okay uh, because he delivered every single time he was on stage. How many times have you been to a show? Okay, now we're going to love so-and-so do a drum solo. It's beer time. It's go to the bathroom time. It's check out the t-shirt stand time. But not for Neil Peart. And the 12 times I saw Rush, nobody got out of their seat except to applaud during the drum solo, the rhythm method. Right. And you could really tell the first time that, that I saw them on the uh, on the Roll the Bones tour, you could tell when that time... People, they, they were genuinely excited. It was not beer time. It was, oh, here we go. Here we go. This is maybe not the main reason you showed up, but pretty close. This is what we've been to waiting for, though. Yes, to watch him play. And to your point about him continually wanting to better himself, that's the mark of somebody who understands, who has a love for what they're doing. And how can I make this better? And even when people, you could see when people would tell Oh, you know, you're the greatest. I, you know, just relax with that. I am who I am. I want to get better. I want to play a certain style and continually. How can I, how can I move it to the next level on the next record or the next track? And then the whole thing about touring, I think his, his, what was his motto? Like, what's the most excellent thing I can do today? Like he was always like, what else can I see? Where else can I go? What else can I experience? He was just that guy. He just loved life and was always looking to 
make it better, to enrich it. And he was a guy who went through some tragedy. He lost both his wife and his daughter, his, his only real family. He mm-hmm. lost them both. Uh, and so he had to kind of go out on a vision quest and kind of find what was he really going to do with his life. And there was no rush during that time, no recording, no tours, obviously. When he came back, we were all so grateful, like, ah, the professor is back and, and rush isn't over. And even though we may not love every new album they do, of course we rush run out and buy it and go see them on every tour because they still gave the most amazing and incredible live performances ever. You know, mm-hmm. And he was a private man. He didn't want people to know that he was sick. So I remember very vividly, January 7th, 2020, I was living in London. The girls had gone to sleep. It was maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm just reading the news. And a blurb comes up on my iPad, Neil Peart, the drummer from Rush, Dot, dot, dot. I'm like, this isn't good. This this is going to yeah. be that he died, you know, and and it was, of course, and I felt very, very sad. This is, I mean, obviously, I've had rock stars die on me in the past, but this is the guy I'd seen play the most and was a sensitive, thoughtful, creative, incredibly talented man. And so when he was gone, I just knew the world was not a better place anymore. Right. And and unlike some of the other gentlemen who played the drums in the rock and roll area, you weren't going to hear his headline like Neil Peart trashes hotel room. Neil Peart, you know, gets divorced from you knew it was bad because he was a very private person. He didn't have big blow-ups or anything like that. He was just he was just a true gentleman and definitely somebody who when when he was gone, you knew there was a big hole. You knew there was not going to be any more rush because that's that's how they that's how they did things, which is really a testament to that the, the, how they work together as a group that they knew they could bring someone else in to play the drums but it would only be a hollow copy and yeah, so best to just move on yeah it's not right and, and i know mike portnoy could could do it absolutely they'd have to, they'd have absolutely. to call it something else go listen to yyc you know go listen to la vila Strangiato. listen to between the wheels it, it really showcases all that neil could do the power the grace the, the speed the precision just a real talent and you know what Read some of his books because he was a funny guy too. And and he didn't want people making a fuss over him. Uh, he just wanted to do his thing. Definitely somebody who had a love for life and tried to pass that on in his own way. And a huge thank you, as always, to Mac and Action from the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. Definitely do. Please check them out on your podcast app and listen to their, what, 100 plus episodes that they've got dedicated all to classic rock. Fantastic podcast it is. But that's it for today's episode. I will, of course, be back tomorrow with more on this day rock goodness so until then take care what would you do to achieve the american dream the big house the happy family the money would you put in the hours would you take a big swing What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plus.
plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.